Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, I am super excited about our guest. We have the beautiful Liz Clark, who has an amazing story. When Liz was nine, her family spent seven months sailing down Mexico's Pacific coast. After returning to land in San Diego, she dreamed of one day seeing the world by sailboat. While earning her BA in environmental studies, she fell in love with surfing and after college, she met a mentor who helped her acquire a sailboat. Liz left California at 25 years old as captain of her 40-foot sailboat Swell in 2006 and has sailed over 20,000 nautical miles in the Pacific exploring for remote waves to surf, learning from new cultures, seeking truth, living simply from the sea, and promoting environmental causes. In 2015, she was nominated by National Geographic for Adventure of the Year. She hopes to inspire people to live their passions and reconnect with nature and our inherent oneness. She is now based in Tahiti, taking a break from sailing to focus her energy on environmental and animal welfare. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I'm super excited. We have an amazing woman for you all the way from Tahiti. Welcome Liz Clark to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. And for our listeners, you can't see, of course, but I had a bit of a peek. So uh, I was just saying to the lovely Liz, how beautiful that would be like paradise living in Tahiti. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a dream to be settled here for a while. And um, every, every place has its difficult challenges too. But um, it is certainly a blessing to be here. Mm. So, Liz, the way that we always love to ask, or should start again, the way that we love to start the show is always love to ask our woman of inspiration, what is her unique story? So, Liz, tell us, what inspired you to do what you do today? So, I had a dream ever since I was a young girl we um, did a lot of sailing when I was a kid, and um, when I was nine years old, my parents decided to take me, my brother, and my sister out of school, and we sailed from San Diego, where I where I grew up, um, 
down the coast of Mexico, the Pacific coast for seven months. And um, during that time, I just opened my eyes to a to a whole new world that I never knew was out there and just saw how cool it was to see the world by boat. And I formed this dream as a very young girl to travel the world by sailboat one day. And I kind of held on to that dream all through my growing up when we returned to a more normal land life. And at um, when I was 22 years old, I met a retired professor that was in my same field that I studied in college, environmental studies. And he was looking for someone to give his sailboat to, to empower them to um, a long distance sailing voyage. So it was a total serendipity that I met this um, mentor and became a really dear friend who um, empowered me to this dream that I had, this big sailing dream. I'd also become a surfer through my teen years. So this trip was like, for me, uh, the combination of these two things that I was so passionate about, um, you know, surfing and exploring in remote places and, um, and sailing and living simply and more close to nature and just kind of getting back down to the basics. I think I saw a lot of how we lived in, we live in Southern California and in modern life all around the world as being, um, you know, so wasteful and so centered on things that really aren't that important often. Um, and incongruous with, um, with living in harmony with our planet. So, um, so I took off when I was 25 years old as captain of this 40 foot sailboat named swell. And, uh, I sailed down through Central America and, um, then went west into the Pacific, um, and have been sailing around the Pacific for the last decade, um, promoting environmental causes, writing a blog, and just keeping my nomadic lifestyle going through um, different uh, brand sponsorships with conscious brands and photography and writing and just getting by and living that big dream. And um, my recent work, I, I wrote a memoir um, of, of my voyage uh, that came out in 2018 called Swell, the name of my boat, um, A Sailing Surfer's Voyage of Awakening. And um, since releasing the book, I've um, decided to take some time off the boat, and I'm now living, I uh, have my, a little land base in Tahiti and my sailboat not far away, and um, I'm putting a lot of time into activism work this year, environmental activism and animal welfare. So, um it's been a really neat year of learning and um, giving my energy to different things. So, yeah, so that's kind of my story. Mm, that is a radical shift in itself, isn't it, moving from water to land? So what made you decide yes. to stop sailing? Well, I'd, I'd actually been living on the sailboat for 14 years. And um, if anyone, any of our listeners who know about sailboats – it's kind of like a, a a glamping, a mix between glamping and, um, you know, it's it's a lifestyle that takes 
uh, a lot of time and effort just to keep your basic needs going. You're constantly, you know, um, vigilant of the weather to make sure your boat is in a safe place. Uh, you need to bring water to your boat every day and fill up your tanks for your basic water needs. And you wash your laundry in a bucket and shower um, in the ocean and maybe have a quick rinse because water is precious. And so um, after so many years of doing this and uh, and getting to a place where I felt really that I wanted to put more energy into my um, environmental activism goals and animal welfare goals, um, that I felt like I would be more efficient um, working from a land base and um, that it was a time in my life where I was ready for a bit more like self-nurturing and to to just be in a bit more of a comfortable space. So, um, so yeah, last year, uh, the universe provided with a beautiful place that, um, came available and that I was able to, to afford. And so it's been really an interesting and, and wonderful change for me this year. That's beautiful. So I'm curious, Liz, what are some mm -hmm. of your goals when you're talking about animal welfare and environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so let's start with environment. I um, I grew up with just a passion for wanting to um, see humanity live, but in better um, sustainability with our Earth. And um, and when I went out and left on this boat, you know, I. I thought I could kind of sail away from the modern day problems, but when I got out there, I realized that, you know, I saw plastic on every beach, even out in the middle of the Pacific where civilization was so far away. And, um, and then, you know, being taken in by these people on remote atoll islands where, um, you know, sea level rise and climate change will completely destroy their way of life and displace them. Um, I started to realize that these problems are all global problems and they're so connected. And um, no matter where we are, we have an impact and we have a responsibility to, um, to protect this earth that provides for us, that is our, our mother that, you know, nurtures us every day, whether we, see it directly or not. Um, and I think, uh, living close to the earth and, you know, seeing <clears throat> when you take a shower on a boat, you see that it goes directly into the ocean or, um, you know, your connection is just a bit more visceral than when you live on land. Um, uh, it just, inspired me to want to bring these points back to people back at home. You know, we live such busy lives in the modern world, and we sometimes forget that um, we need to take care of the the source of life that provides for all of us. And um, so, I made that my mission during my sailing years to um, to spread awareness about issues that I was seeing and motivate people to make personal changes in their life, just small individual changes, and that those changes can really add up to big shifts in how um, we're treating the planet and, and, and have really big positive 
outcomes for um, the direction of of um, of our Earth's, you know, health. And um, and so I think I took I have my main environmental missions have been plastic awareness and um, hoping people will reduce um, and become aware of the plastic that they use every day and try to at least eliminate the single-use plastic in their own lives. Um, climate change has been a pending issue all throughout these years that finally now is um, gaining so much momentum and um, my main my main uh, message to people in cl- for climate change has been that a simple change of diet, eating more more plants and more plant-based foods and less meat can have a really huge personal impact on your climate on your carbon footprint um, and have incredible other positive impacts on the environment just by eating more um, more plant-based foods organic whole foods and and um, less meats and processed foods um, and I'd say another mission environmental mission I've had is just getting people to become aware of the products they use on a daily basis that they put on their body and learning what's in them learning um, how they can affect our health and trying to understand what um, you know, when we take a shower and we're shampooing our hair, um, what is in that shampoo and is that okay to be putting on our body and helping people realize that, um, you know, we can't always trust these companies. We've seen now that we can't trust everything that's on the shelves in our stores to be safe for us. And we need to do a little more research and make sure, um, the products that we're using and the brands that we're supporting are, um, you know, good for our own health and and for the health of our planet. So those have been my some of my big environmental missions. Um, and then along the way on my journey, uh, at a time in my sailing adventure where I was pretty down and out, I met a little calico cat that joined me on my sailboat, and she was abandoned and needing a home and. I was needing a companion and she came sailing with me and became a world famous star. She she just was so full of personality and bold and kind of really encapsulated my other important message that I was, that I've always tried to pass to people of, you know, having the courage to, you know, get over our fears that are blocking us from pursuing our dreams and passions. This little cat just kind of encapsulated that in her personality and really dropped, drew people in. And um, she was the, my compa- sailing companion for five years. And um, in 2018, uh, pardon, at the very beginning of 2018, she passed away from a dog attack. And um, Ever since then, I have been on a mission to um, also give my time to animal welfare and do good things for animals around the world, which is another reason why 
I promote plant-based diet and um, try to get people to learn more about where their meat comes from and um, whether that they truly believe, you know, whether their values really coincide with what happens to the animals that end up on their plates. And um, so my mission has moved more into animal welfare since Amelia, my cat, passed away. And, um, and so, yeah, so that's, those have been my, my big mission, missions for, um, for the planet <laughs> and in the last several years. Well, Liz, that's such a beautiful story. I'm sitting here. I've got goosebumps over goosebumps over goosebumps. That is so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I, you were talking about fears and passion. So mm-hmm. what do you think stops most of us following our passion? So when you were talking about fears, fear of mm-hmm. what? I think a lot of times we have a fear that we won't succeed. We also have a fear that we won't be able to provide for ourselves. Uh, because the world, the way it's set up right now, doesn't make it easy for us to follow our passions. It's getting a little bit easier, but, you know, um, we're programmed to believe that we have to follow certain rules and and fit our life into certain boxes to um, be able to be safe and secure and have um, that, uh, you know, have what we need to provide for ourselves. And, um, you know, what I, I didn't, when I set out on this voyage, when I was 25, I had no idea how I was going to provide for myself. The deal with the, my mentor was he was going to help me set up the boat to leave, to get on my way. And then I had to figure out how to make my money when I was sailing around the world. And, um, and so I had a lot of fears about how that was all going to work out. But, um, my passion and desire to make this dream happen was, was bigger than those fears. And I just decided, you know, I'm going to figure it out. I really, really want to do this. And I think what I learned from that was that once you do make that decision to pursue um, something that's meaningful to you, the universe really does open up these doors and um, provide these supports that you could never have imagined would would come to you and um, over and over through my time out there on the sea I you know I would be just down to a few hundred bucks and then suddenly somehow you know a new job would appear or an opportunity to write a story or um, you know a donation from a stranger would come through and and suddenly um, I would be reminded that choosing passion over fear has a, a powerful link to, um, to our greater purpose. And I think the universe really does want to support us in those missions once we do make the first step and decide that we're going to go for it. Yeah, I believe in that too, Liz. I think that universe always provides, once you're committed and Mm -hmm. you're very clear about your vision, like you said, Gina, your passion was bigger than your fear, Mm -hmm. which drove you to do what you do, which is so true. And it is, it's the fear of, I guess it's a fear of, uh, you know, 
fear of lack of money yeah or you know we, when we can actually manifest it once we are sure. clear on our what's our mission sure exactly and i think you know for people who have never had the experience of actually manifesting something or um you know seeing something come to fruition that that they really just believed in you know it seems so intangible for people at, at the beginning um but i think uh that's why it's so great that you're doing what you're doing and helping share other women's stories of of overcoming these obstacles to to following our passion and because it's it's truly remarkable uh what we can do with the power of our mind and the power of um courage to to take that first big step yeah i i agree and i think it's also a mindset for me i really believe that we uh you know, the majority of us, and I always say, you know, 95 to 98% of us, we're basically just repeating programs and living in that deeper part of our unconscious mind, not even being conscious or aware of what we're actually doing. And I think for me, it's really about um, bringing that consciousness to life. And I think the more that we can bring consciousness to life, the more people are going to... Um, I guess, be more aware of what um, they are about to embark on. For example, you know, you were just explaining before some of those small changes like, you know, eating more plant-based foods, less uh, processed foods, uh, plastic, being more aware of plastic. So these kind of things, this is, it's, it's actually helping people to become more conscious of what they're doing. And if we can help raise the consciousness of the planet, I think this is where we're going to help with the climate change as well. What truly. are your thoughts around that? I I, true, I agree with you 100%. I really believe also that, um, that I, I mean, I experienced it in my own journey. When I, when I set out, I had so many personal issues to overcome. I had, I struggled with self-love. I had really low self-confidence and um, even though I had these desires to help the planet I had to figure out my own stuff and and find my own connection to to spirit and to my own heart and soul before I could um, you know give back and give my energy to to some something else do you know what I mean yep and I think um, for so many people, it, it's going to take that first step of, of finding uh, your own place in this universe before you can have uh, the energy and, and space in your time and life to, to give back and want to make those changes and, you know, understand or see the reason to protect uh, wilderness and, and nature and um, and have that like co connection with our planet that makes you want to engage in in climate change action or uh, you know deciding to bring your reusable coffee cup instead of just getting the one at the coffee shop that you throw away after one use you know um, I think 
that's why for me, our personal goals and our personal individual connection to um, our passions and our spirit is so connected with the environmental movement. Um, it's not something that people talk about often, but for me, I think it's a really big link that we're missing in terms of getting people to um, to want to um, protect the planet. Absolutely. I really believe that if you, I mean, if you look into all the um, uh, the quantum theory, that it all starts within and only then when it starts within, so the self-love, the, you know, all of that internal work, the deep work, only then yes. can we um, project that into our environment. And, you know, I, my sister and I talk about this all the time. I feel like you and my sister are, are like – so connected it's not funny like mm. everything like she's she uh is also over her time has collected cats have just come to her and <laughs> she's really into animals and and the environment and mm -hmm. um she gets really upset with um uh, others because she gets upset that how can they not see it and how can they not understand mm -hmm. and what i said to her is rather than projecting that energy of um uh, being upset or anger towards the world or others, it starts mm -hmm. from within and you do it from a place of love. You do it from a place where you lead the way and by you leading the way, others will follow. But by you being 100%. stuck and, and, there's a, and you see that in a lot of people that, that are, you know, are, are really into the um, uh, climate change and animal welfare, there's a lot of anger you know, yes. the, these activists, but if they came from a place of love um, and, yeah. and lead the way and what changes, like you said, you know, you could go to, um, and it's funny because my sister uh, and my brother and I, we went away one weekend and my sister bought a takeaway cup for each one of us so that we wouldn't have to, oh. you know, I know she's gorgeous. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so as you're talking, I'm just thinking about her. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. But it's you know, all these a, little changes. It is. And it's, it's so true that, um, you know, I think once people do wake up to the reality of, of these enormous challenges we face as humanity, um, in terms of our environment and, and, and look, open the door and see what's really happening to the animals. It, it does cause anger. It does cause hopelessness and frustration. And I can totally relate to your sister because I've been through all those emotions and I've seen that the anger only pushes people farther from understanding you as much as you have to, you know, you, you have to acknowledge those emotions and they're part of the activism process. But I think, um, like you said, when you lead from love and from a space of non-judgment and understanding and look back on your own personal story because 10 years ago I would I would never have thought that I would be a vegan and live a plant-based diet I would never have ever thought that and so you know it's everyone's journey is a personal journey and to acknowledge that and make sure that people feel like you can meet them where they are and um, you know, not judge them for whatever 
part of the journey that they're in, I think that is the space where you're able to, from compassion, pull people towards you and um, get them to listen and maybe acknowledge, you know, your side of of the issue or the story. So um, I, it's a it's a constant work for me to come back to that love space and remind remind myself that you know everyone's journey is unique and we're not all going to get there overnight, you know, um, no matter the urgency of it at this point. But, um, but yeah, I think, uh, you nailed it coming from a space of love is, is how we're gonna, how we're going to unite on these issues and, and find the, the means of cooperation and collaboration to really find solutions, you know? Mm, yeah, because you see that it's like there, there's almost a war against the meat eaters and the vegans, and, and but it's because of that 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 constant anger that's put out into the environment. And not not that I need to harp on about quantum physics, but from an energy point of view, whatever you vibrate is whatever you attract. If we go talking mm. about universal energy, and and I I think it's really yes. important from we when we come from the heart space, this is where you'll start seeing the changes unfold right in front of us. Totally, totally. Mm. I I've seen it in my own family. I'm both my parents eat plant based now. They both had health issues that were not able to be solved easily and. Western medicine just wasn't cutting it, and um, and both of them decided to give it a try because my plant-based diet ended up solving so many of my uh, chronic health things that I dealt with, um, and um, you know, so I never forced it on anyone, but I've seen it ripple out through my own community and my family that um, that they're when you lead by example and you just show these positive changes that can happen um, through small, you know, small things, I think, uh, I think it's very powerful. Mm, It is, you know, and my sister's a vegan and there was, there was a time where, um, you know, you know, we felt uncomfortable eating. Um, I, I, I used to be a vegetarian for quite some time and then I've gone back to, uh, grass-fed meat ad hoc I don't eat a lot of it uh, mm-hmm. but just for um, my sister being a vegan uh, inspired all of us to I guess she because she's very creative in the kitchen and mm-hmm. even my, my son will say god I could turn vegan just the be- the, be- the beautiful food that Kareen makes and so awesome. it's yeah and once again it's and she's changed a lot over the years like you said you go through your own journey um, and mm-hmm. she's inspired um you know, us with her cooking and her creativity, making salads and so forth, which is once again, like you said, it's it's from you living your own life and people seeing the change within you, looking yeah. amazing. You've got beautiful yeah. skin and healthy. Uh, you know, and then people go, like, well, "What is Liz doing? I want to know what I want to know what she's doing." Totally, totally. That's that's been such a cool part of of my journey is to to be able to pass on these, um, these awesome, both spiritual and then the, the diet thing has been really a, a focal point for me because it had, it had such huge positive impacts for me. Um, but just to have just carved this life that I 
desired and to have shown people that, yeah, it's possible to just decide you want to do something and go do it and um, figure it out along the way. And I think that's had a lot of ripples in my media community of inspiring people to just take a chance on on something that they really want, you know? Mm. Um, so I'm curious, when you were try, talking about it fixing up some of the health because uh, I've spoken to quite a few women and some have gone on vegan. And they said that since they've been on vegan, their health has just improved. And for mm-hmm. me, when I was a very, very years, many years ago, I actually ended up, uh, I was advised to stay, bring back some meat into my life, although I'm not mm. a big uh, meat eater, um, because of um, my blood cells. I, I was very anemic. Mm. 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 So, yeah. I think um, oftentimes we 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 go into we try these dietary changes, but we don't have enough information about how to do it, and um, or access to the right foods. Or um, a lot of times there's can be certain little things missing, but really for me. I realized when I, I think dairy was the biggest um, change for me because I, I didn't realize how much dairy I ate until I decided to go vegan. Um, I decided to go vegan actually when um, I fractured my neck. I had a, a, I fractured my spinous process on my C3 and was down and out for a couple of months and had a all this time to research. I wanted to heal as quickly as I could um, and get back on my feet. And and through all my research, especially about bone healing, I realized that uh, leafy greens and a lot of these vegetable foods had way more calcium than milk, and it was way more accessible for your body. Uh, and that actually dairy products can cause um, well, two thirds of the world's population are actually lactose intolerant and dairy causes inflammation in a lot of those people. And I was definitely one of those people not realizing it. And when I eliminated dairy from my diet, I, the inflammation in all my joints was reduced and these chronic issues with joint being an athlete, being a surfer for all these years, I had little, you know, issues in my knees and um, all of those disappeared. I had like chronic acne on my face, not a ton, but I always had a little bit of um, of a skin problem. And when I stopped eating dairy, that totally disappeared after maybe two months. And I just saw really visceral, really, you know, obvious positive impacts to my health. I didn't get sick as often. I had less congestion in my sinuses. Um, And at that point, I didn't eat a ton of red meat anyway, um, but I ate a lot of fish and chicken. And sometimes I'd have a hamburger from time to time. But but during that time when I was healing from that neck injury, I 
I just did, I started doing some more research on, on, um, factory farming and where our meat comes from. And I think it was like the awareness, um, that I gained during that time of really what happens to bring those animals to our plates and, um, you know, having gained this bigger compassion for other beings, I think, sorry, I'm going off a lot of tangents. I have a hard time keeping track, but, um, when I was out on the sailboat, I would find myself in vulnerable positions all the time. You're, you're at the mercy of the elements and I'm alone out there, you know, and I started to, um, gain this compassion for other beings that are in vulnerable situations. So when I learned about the meat industry and what happens to these animals, I could, I, I felt this deeper compassion of how it feels to be vulnerable and have your life in somebody else's hands or feel like it's out of your control. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that was a huge part of me just deciding like, Oh gosh, you know, I really don't, I really don't want anyone to feel that fear and, 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 um, uncertainty of not having, you know, not knowing what, what's coming next for them. And, um, so that was a big, another big part of that decision for me. Um, so, you know, it was a combination of health reasons of the environmental impacts of, of the meat industry, which are enormous. Um, and then also just feeling like I didn't want to inflict the fear or vulnerability that I had felt, um, in certain situations, being a woman alone, traveling on the ocean and traveling in foreign countries and things. Mm. Um, and what I realized is that actually when I stopped eating dairy and meat, I added so much variety to my diet because I, all of a sudden in the morning, I would, instead of eating just like yogurt with a little bit of fruit, all of a sudden I was eating much more fruit. And then, um, at lunchtime I would often have like a grilled cheese sandwich or, you know, cheese was a big part of my diet because it fills you up so quick and you can just like get on to the next thing. And and then suddenly I was having a salad with chickpeas and um, grains and, you know, it was taking more time, but my diet actually diversified. Um, and I, the more research I did, I, I realized like we can get every single essential amino acid we need from plant foods. So, um, you know, we just have to understand a little bit more about how to get those things but for me it was a cool journey because I was able to like um live in alignment with my values which energetically I felt is something that was so important for me to be to stay in flow uh with the universe was to especially once you become aware to really um make an effort to live by your values. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. And I, I mean, look, <clears throat> just listening to what you were saying, I could relate to that myself. Um, you know, when you come from more of a compassionate, once again, it's from the heart space. If you come mm -hmm. from a place of compassion, 
I, I exactly, I know this is going to sound weird, but I was on a trip with the family to New Zealand and mm-hmm. I was amongst all these lambs and mm. I did the same thing as I can't touch lamb. I will never, I've never been, I'm the same as you. I've been meat and chicken and a burger every now and then. That's it. Mm-hmm. But um, ad hoc, I'd have a bit, but I, I won't touch it now ever because of, mm. you know, once again, what you being, start. yep, and in their eyes. So I totally mm-hmm. relate to that um, uh, of not bringing fear on. Mm-hmm. Um, Liz, is that the ocean in the background that I'm hearing? <laughs> It's the rain. Oh, it's the rain. Okay. A oh big my... rainstorm. I'm sorry for that noise. <gasps> no, do you know what? I'm just sitting there going, oh, wow. I'm just, I had visualized you sitting out at, you know, in your little house with the ocean in front of you. It sounds beautiful. No, yeah. don't, wor- don't worry. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay. So what we do as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you, my dearest? Mm. I think it would be... I, I think it would be compassion. Yes, of course. I would think that of you too. Absolutely. And the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration as we wrap up the show is to pick three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today? Okay. Three practical exercises. Um, I would say... The first one would be journaling. I think journaling is a really practical exercise to keep us uh, really connected to ourselves and, um, you know, get us to remind ourselves what our passions are and what our bigger goals are. Spiritually, you know, a lot of us are moms and um, have, you know, businesses and it's easy to forget what our deeper spiritual goals are. So I think journaling could be, is a great practice. I think, um, a really important practice that I've had to use over the years is using our challenges and adversities as opportunities to grow and learn. So when we run up into an obstacle that we weren't expecting, you know, um, a long line at the store when we're busy or, you know, just, simple things like that or bigger challenges in life of, of, you know, someone getting sick that we love or, you know, losing my cat, for instance, like turning those into, you know, we have to make the effort of turning those adversities into opportunities to grow and, um, into positive, uh, you know, to positive things in our life. And I think that is just an attitude change. That's a practice that we can do every day is to um, trust that those things are going to, they're part of our, our practice and that they're, they're there for us to learn from and to grow from. And my third practical exercise would be to get out in nature by yourself at least once a week. And um, give yourself the space to reflect and connect and be present 
in our mother nature because she has so much to offer us and gives us so much just by offering her our presence. Mm, I love all three and I, especially the second one, I always say that our obstacles is our way forward. Oh, wow. That's mm. wonderful. Yes, same um, same vision. Mm. So, Liz, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Probably the best place is on Instagram at Captain Liz Clark. They can also check out my website, which is swellvoyage.com. And if you want to learn more about my voyage, my, my book is called Swell a Sailing Surfer's Voyage of Awakening. And it was published by Patagonia Books. So if there's a Patagonia store near you, you can find it there or at any of your um, your local bookseller should have it. And it's also on audiobook. Mm. Liz, mm-hmm. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Like I said to you earlier on, we've never had anyone like you come on the show. And we've been doing this for three years. So it's it's been such a delight. I can't thank you enough for your time, your energy, and we'll have everything on the show notes as well. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much, Catherine. It's such a pleasure to talk to you, and I really am so grateful for all you're doing to share women's stories. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you, so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift, where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an e-book to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Katherine That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.